You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Wednesday, June 6th, and we are going to discuss the Packers defense today. Because at a certain point, the evidence becomes overwhelming when you're looking at Mike Pettin and his impact on this defense already. I I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company, and Rob Domofsky had a couple pieces in ESPN. I I tried to distill those into a a singular piece that essentially makes the case that Mike Pettin, with minimal tweaks, is going to take the Dom Caper system, at least the heart of it, and modernize it. But more than that, the biggest difference about Mike Pettin compared to Dom Capers is attitude. And we're already seeing what that does for this team. Devon House says he loves his new coach, loves the system. That guys are going out and playing fast. And this idea of a player loving his coach is so different from anything we've seen on the Packers defense for a decade. I mean, there were there were stories going back to Charles Woodson and Tremont Williams when this defense was good that they would have to beg Dom Capers at times to go to man coverage, even with three Pro Bowl corners, and a Pro Bowl safety. Tremont Williams, in a radio interview, recently said that the the difference between the defense Dom Capers runs and what he ran in Arizona, which was a 3-4 scheme, and what Mike Pettin runs that Tremont Williams ran with, with Pettin in Cleveland is not that fundamentally different from what Capers did. The difference was an adaptability. Opposing teams knew what Capers was going to do And that makes you really easy to attack. Offensive coordinators and quarterbacks are too good, even mediocre ones in the NFL, for them to know what you're going to do when you're going to do it. This is not like on offense when a team can know what you're going to do and if you execute it 100%, they still can't stop you. No, no. Defense is not that way. And it can be if you have virtuoso talent, if you have incandescent talent, players, if you're Seattle in prime Legion of Boom, then yeah, an offense can know you're going to play 4-3 and you're going to play cover three and they still can't do anything about it because those guys are just so good at executing the scheme. Green Bay didn't have those kinds of top tier talents, but what they also didn't have was the ability to disguise, at least not disguise effectively, not disguise their blitzes, not disguise their tendencies, but more than any of that. This attitude difference is about the players having confidence in the scheme and wanting to play it. 
And this is, I know it's a weird concept. You're a professional athlete, you get paid to play. But you're a professional. How many times do you do jobs, You do, do you do tasks at your job that you hate? And you slog through them and you do them with low energy and you're much more likely to make a mistake on a task that you hate, even if it's easier, even if it's more remedial than the work that you're normally doing or the other work that you might do, that you like to do. Even if it's easier, you're more likely to make a mistake because you're not focused, you're not engaged. You're not giving your all. And that was a fundamental problem with the Dom Capers defense over the last few years. And and I would say more than that, probably over the last five or six years, going back to 2012, 13, 14. And that was when, not coincidentally, Charles Woodson leaves, Tremont Williams leaves, and not long after, Casey Hayward leaves. And so you now you're down all this talent, and the scheme no longer works quite the same way. Now, there's no doubt someone like Demarius Randall who, if he wasn't doing what he wanted to be doing, did not give full effort. He would freelance. And, I mean, in 2016, against the Vikings in Minnesota, he he got torched by Stephon Diggs. And it was like he wasn't even playing hard. He wasn't even trying, just playing soft zone coverage because he didn't want to do that. And no corner wants to do that. No corner wants to play soft zone. These players are clearly engaged with their defense. They're engaged with their coach. And it helps when you have an acronym for your your mentality, like KILL, K-I-L-L, keep it likable and learnable. Players want something that they can play fast in. This defense has spent way too much time thinking. And frankly, the, the disguises, trying to outsmart opposing teams, didn't work for Dom Capers. This was a criticism that that I enunciated dozens of times, both on this podcast and otherwise over the last few years when it comes to Dom Capers. He, you, can't, you can't outsmart Drew Brees. It's not about outsmarting Brees. It's just not letting him read your mail. Don't let him know what you're going to do before you do it. You don't have to trick him. That's not the same thing. Disguise is not the same as trying to to trick a quarterback. There is there is a subtle difference there because what happens is if you are trying to trick someone, usually that means you're allowing some other vulnerability. It implies an over-aggressiveness that leaves you vulnerable in another way, which is something that happened to Green Bay all the time. The Mike Patton scheme and the attitude associated with it is fundamentally different. And you can already see it taking root on this team. And it is a perfect fit for some of the players that they brought in. I think it is a perfect anecdote to a post-Dom Capers world. And we're going to get into it a little bit more in just a second. But before we do, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. And Pro Football Focus is... 
constantly finding ways to revamp and improve their systems, their grading tools, their charting data. They now have a relationship with all 32 teams to provide data for them. So get the data the pros use by winning our contest. And all you have to do to enter is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. Aaron Rodgers was asked about the rookies and he said that that they like to talk. Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander chirping a little bit in practice. And if you if you read the reports coming out of training camp, it seems like this defense plays right now already with a little bit more swagger, a little bit more attitude. And Jair Alexander a little bit more than Josh Jackson, just from an attitude standpoint, is an ideal fit for someone like Mike Patton and this defense. And this is something that I that I only discussed a little bit in the piece, and it's why I want to bring it up again here because I want to expound on it a little bit more. But the congruency of Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, and Mike Patton, the defensive coordinator, can't be understated. And Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, Mike McCarthy, everyone has at, at various points in the offseason mentioned this working relationship that, that everyone seems to have that is better than it used to be. And that Mike Patton is talking to Joe Philbin and Mike Patton has been communicating with Brian Gutekunst. And it seems to be there's better communication all around among all branches. There is no separation of powers. The executive branch is talking to the judicial branch, talking to, I mean, so this is, everyone is communicating in a way that certainly, to use the government metaphor, our government does not. And they're all working toward the same goal. And part of the problem of this defense's growth over the last few years, or lack thereof, is is that the Ted Thompson model of young players, of turning over the, the roster, of insisting on competition at all times, and anyone can be out of a job if they don't produce or if they want more money than their value says they are worth. That system was not congruent with Dom Capers because Dom needed veteran players who understood his scheme, who could execute it in a particular way. And what did we hear constantly over the last few years when backups had to play, when some of these young players, rookies, undrafted free agents had to play? You'd hear that, oh, Dom is simplifying the defense. Well, the problem with Dom simplifying the defense is it was already too simple. Opposing teams already knew what he was going to do. And so when you simplify an already simple defense and you're not disguising it and you're not changing up your tendencies then you are an easy-to-attack defense. So when you bring in Mike Patton, someone who does take an intellectual approach to the game, someone who wants to change the game plan every week, someone who wants to give quarterbacks six different looks on the same drive, maybe even defending the same formation, so that an offense doesn't know how they're going to be defended on a given play from a a given formation, and you want guys flying around making plays, then you want... Someone who is deploying a defense that is simple, learnable, but also easily adaptable. Take that defense. You don't have to have a different plan every week and run totally new schemes. You just need to make some tweaks. 
And that is the beauty of the Mike Patton system. Now, we don't have to get into the X's and O's because that's not the important difference to me. Because as Tremont Williams points out, there are really only very subtle differences in the actual X's and O's part of the defense. The difference is attitude. It is attitude. We want to play fast. We want to play aggressive. And we want to play with a swagger. That's what Jair Alexander does. And and he proved it already. He got Rodgers on a pick. And Rodgers, Rodgers made a joke, a half joke, no doubt, as competitive as he is, that he's going to have to go dice up these rookie corners because they're talking a little too much. And he gets his laugh from the reporters, but then he he corrects and says, that's the attitude you want from your corners. You want them to be talking. You want them to play with confidence. And that goes back to my first point, which is when you don't believe in your defense, when you don't believe in your defensive coordinator, you're not going to play with confidence. And that means you're not going to play fast and you're not going to play with swagger and you're not going to play with attitude. If you're a basketball player and you're missing shots, it's really hard to play with any kind of swagger on offense. As someone who misses a lot of shots, let me tell you. But when you're hitting shots and you're confident that next one's going in, you that is that builds momentum and you play better and you play differently and you carry yourself differently and you approach the game differently. That is all the same for an NFL corner or a safety or a linebacker or a defensive lineman. Just like with anything that you do, if you want to be doing it, you will do it better or at least you'll do it harder. You'll do it faster. And when you believe that system will work, when you believe in what you're doing, you will play with confidence that you might not otherwise play with. Now that can be harmful especially for young defensive backs who think they know a little bit more than they really do. You can be over-aggressive. I think you're going to see that at times this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Jair Alexander goes out to get, especially if he's going to be the starting slot and play 70% of snaps. I wouldn't be surprised if he had five picks, but also gave up five touchdowns. Just because he's an aggressive guy. But you'd much rather have that guy. Demarius Randall last year was Green Bay's best cornerback. And he got the most interceptions on the team, but he also gave up a bunch of touchdowns. Now, part of that was early in the year, he wasn't playing particularly well, but part of that was he's an aggressive guy. And and also, I mean, like Des Bryant scored on him in a ridiculous play. Demarius never found the ball, but he was blanketed Des Bryant. But this attitude adjustment, this difference in the way that they approach the game, even if, if if they had left all of Dom Capers' outdated schemes or at least outdated approach, this defense would be better simply by having an infusion of attitude. And let me give you another perfect example. Earlier in the week, this defense was not performing at a level that Petten thought was acceptable. Not enough focus, not enough communication. And he stopped practice, called all the defense over, and... Let them know, this is not acceptable. This is not how we are going to play. And he set the tone early. And it was after that, that Devon House gave the quote about loving Mike Patton. You don't have to be a nice guy all the time for your players to like you. 
Dom Capers would never have done that. He would never have chastised his players in that way. But people like to be pushed, especially pro athletes. They want to be pushed. They want they want perfection demanded of them. Everyone knows at a certain point, even millennials know that at a certain point, you need to kick in the ass. And it's nice to have a coach that every once in a while is going to let you know you are not living up to your end here. And that's something that even NFL players need. And clearly they're getting it. Clearly they're responding to this defense. Everyone has said the right things about being excited before they got on the field. And now that they're on the field, and especially now that guys like Jackson and Alexander are looking good and guys are flying around making plays, that is where the proof is. Now, once the pads come on, you got to start tackling people. That changes things. Rodgers called pads the great equalizer. We're not going to know if this defense is actually any better. But I am telling you, the attitude is what changes everything. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Catch up with everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL. And during the NBA Finals with the Warriors up 2-0 going to Cleveland, Locked On NBA. We did get a little bit of clarity on the HaHa Clinton Dick situation. Mike McCarthy said that HaHa was dealing with a personal situation. And that he wasn't concerned about it. He emphasized that these are optional practices and that he, was, he wasn't he was worried about Clinton Dix. Rob Domofsky talked to a Packers player who had been in contact with HaHa, said he understood why he wasn't there, and had no concerns about it. The Packers are saying all the right things. Maybe that's all it is, maybe it's not. I have no reason to do anything but take them at their word at this point. He's not subtweeting the Packers. He's not posting shade on Instagram. He's not unfollowing all the Packer players or or deleting it all of his Packers pictures on Instagram like Julio Jones did with the Falcons. All good news for Green Bay. I think this is as simple as he doesn't have a contract for next season, for 2019, and he's not going to get hurt in a pointless practice. I think it's it's the right thing to do. Now I'm sure he did have you know personal issues. Have no problem with that. If that's true, I I think I have a problem with it. If McCarthy is just saying that to get him off the hook, I understand protecting your player, but NFL players are people too. They have to deal with situations in their lives, and sometimes you just if something is optional, if if it's better that you're with your family, then be with your family. We have to trust these guys sometimes to make those calls. I know they seem young, pro athletes, I get it. They live different lives than the rest of us. And they've had different experiences than the rest of us. And that's true because we've never experienced what they've experienced, but a lot of them have gone through a lot of the same things that we have. And they still have to deal with family dynamics and friends and all of the things on a personal level, that any person has to deal with. So I think sometimes we are too quick to question these guys, to ascribe motivations, especially nefarious motivations to these players when that's not fair, when we don't have any reason to do that. And I just, I I, I don't think it's worth reading into. I don't think it's worth getting worked up over, which is why I have not done that. 
Now, if he starts talking mess on Instagram or he starts talking on Twitter about how he should have a new contract and he's pissed off, well, it doesn't sound like that's the case. In the offseason, he said all the right things about being excited to play for Mike Patton, excited about what this defense was going to look like and his role in it. If he doesn't come to training camp, that's that's a different thing. These are OTAs. All right, we're going to have a show on Fridays and, and expect moving forward that those shows on Friday are going to be a little bit later in the afternoon. Uh, that seems to be a better situation. Uh, if there's not a lot going on, I think my hope, my goal will be to get them out in the morning, but I also want to make sure that I'm, I'm giving the world enough time, the sports world enough time to get out all the stories that it needs to get out. Over the next couple weeks, not a lot happening in the NFL world, in Packers world. Training camp does not open until July, so they still have that Greg Jennings conversation to bring to you. Still have a couple more rookie orientation series coming, working on getting those locked down. Uh, hopefully those are those are still something that you're going to be interested in, even though we've, we've had a chance to see some of these players at, at the open OTAs, which, by the way, they should tell us. Come on. But we're going to have another show on Friday, and then we'll be back Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the following week. I'll actually be at the U.S. Open next week, but I will still be doing shows and still be talking Packers because that is what I do. That is what you want me to do. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Podcast is on Twitter at Locked on Packers, and all the podcast content is at LockedOnPackers.com so you can stay Locked on Packers.